0: My friends, I am in Brussels in the home of Heidi Hotala, member of the parliament and vice president. We are going to have a glass of wine, talk about life, talk about change, and some of the key battles of the moment. Welcome. The earth is a
1: very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. No! The baby, please.
0: Shouldn't we consider, in every nation,
1: a fundamental restructuring of economic, political, social, and religious institutions? We humans are capable of greatness. What is in your life's blueprint?
2: Tu la mine triste et les joues blêmes. Tu ne dors plus, tu n'es que l'ombre de toi-même. Seul dans la rue, tu rôdes comme une âme en peine. Et tous les soirs, sous sa fenêtre, on peut te voir. Je sais bien que tu l'adores. Et qu'elle a des jolis yeux, mais tu es trop jeune encore pour jouer des amoureux et gratte, gratte sur ta mandoline. Tu Elle ne te prend pas au sérieux avec tes cheveux si blonds. Tu as l'air d'un chérubin. Va plutôt jouer au ballon, comme font tous les gamins. Tu peux fumer comme un monsieur des cigarettes, te déhancher. Sur le trottoir quand tu la guettes, Tu peux pencher sur ton oreille Ta casquette Ce n'est pas ça Qui dans son cœur te vieillira L'amour et la jalousie Ne sont pas des jeux d'enfants Et tu as toute la vie Et gratte, gratte sur ta mandoline, mon petit bambino Ta musique est plus jolie que tout le ciel de l'Italie Et canta, canta de ta voix câline, mon petit bambino Tu peux chanter tant que tu veux Elle ne te prend pas au sérieux Si tu as trop de tourments Ne les garde pas pour toi Va le dire à ta maman Elle les mamans c'est fait pour ça Elle applaudit dans l'ombre douce de ses bras
0: Heidi, I am so happy to be here with you after a busy day in Brussels. Uh, We have many things to talk about. Um, We're not going to get too technical about the different battles you're involved with, but we're going to give some uh, general thoughts on, uh, well, the challenges of our world, or the the battles in Europe. Um, You are, so I'm taking my notes here to be correct, because you're involved on many, many fronts. Um, but uh, so you're a member of the of the Green League, uh, part of the European uh, yeah, green, green Party.
3: Yeah, I was a founder of uh, one of the founders of the Finnish Green Party long, long time ago. Yeah. So I'm a real sort of, um, let's say, uh, part of the prehistory of the Green Greens in Europe. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. And um, as vice president, you well, you touch different uh, topics. You're mm. involved uh, in a high-level group on gender equality and diversity. Um, you work on information and communication policy. Um, you you you've been leading um, the movements in charge of removing plastic from uh, yeah. the parliament. I know that's a topic <laughs> close to your heart. Yes. Um, but let's let's backtrack a little bit. Um, you you were born in uh, the north of Finland. Yeah. And um, can you can you tell me how? this whole idea of um, working with change or, or becoming an influencer mm-hmm. of change in society came about? What was the, the ignition, you think?
3: Uh, well, um, people who knew me when I was a kid uh, say that I was extremely active, that I was always busy with something and I, I love to do things with my hands, which I still do, you know, because it's a, it's a total balance for uh, such a mental uh, stress, mm. trying to Come up with far smart solutions, small and big. But when I can do something with my hands, bake bread or uh, mend clothes, mm. um, I, I really relax. Wow. So um, I was active and very busy, um, always new ideas. Uh, and then at school, I, I guess later in my teens, I started to ask uh, very critical questions, very philosophical questions from teachers. Mm. Um, and then um, I realized that I'm, I don't feel like I'm a part of this uh, uh, mainstream world. So I became vegetarian when I was uh, 12, and that's really, really long time ago. And just a few years after, I found myself in a group of like-minded people. We, we founded a vegetarian restaurant in Helsinki at a time when uh, there were extremely few people who were even interested. But it became a bit of a cult place mm. because it was completely different and we were like sort of post-hippies, you know, and very relaxed and we had good time together. And uh, yeah. so uh, that's how I got into thinking of how to make this world a better place.
0: Um, one uh, one question I, I have uh, on this is... Um, Like what? What do you think is a reason for this obsession? It seems asking why. Like why should I be part of the mainstream? Why? Like is there was there an an inspiration in your family or or events in particular that sort of got you on that track?
3: Uh, No, not really. I I think my my parents were sort of typical uh, upper middle class um, people. My father was. uh, Colonel, uh, in the, he fought the war and um, he got pretty high. But after the war, he went to, to a civil career. So he was a bank manager. I think he was a, a great father. Uh, my mother was a sort of a housewife uh, because I, I did have, uh, I do have uh, three older uh, siblings. So, uh, no, I don't think really that I got that from home. It was just sort of trying to understand uh, how, um, how our lifestyle was affecting uh, our environment and um, animal welfare maybe started to be a part of that. And then I started to think about um, uh, this kind of uh, food crisis that the planet was in. You know, there's so many poor people who don't, did not have, who still don't have food. Now, by the way, again, just in the last two years, the number of hungry people in the world is growing, which Mm -hmm. is very worrying. And with the climate change, we'll have to face a situation that even the sort of to produce food is not like it was before. So I I got into this sort of global planetary issues. And uh, then, of course, we were a group of uh, people who had a lot to say, and uh, we established magazines. It was before internet. So we, we really sort of, you know, we, we typed and we did layout and, uh, and, and uh, the magazines were printed and posted. So it was the, the old times. But um, it was a compilation of um, strange things from Eastern philosophy, Buddhism, to poetry, to, to vegetarian cooking. And in America you had already this kind of alternative movement that was like uh, late 70s.
0: Wow. <laughs> and you're getting started and being very, very active, Um, what do you think was the, what happened from this point to uh, lead to uh, a career in politics Mm. because you've been, um, so I don't want to forget anything, but you've been uh, very active in Finland, Uh, you've been a a presidential candidate, you've been, there was a large number of campaigns where you've been very, let's say, on the edge, Um, what was the defining moment, you think, that launching this career in politics?
3: Well, the the very defining moment was that um, um, a couple of friends uh, stopped me in the street, good friends, who said that, look, um, uh, it's time to think about politics. There's no party, (laughs) there's no party to vote. Uh, and it's true I always still you know my first elections since I was 18 and entitled to vote I always abstained because there was no one to vote no party Okay. and um, uh, with these uh, guys we established uh, the sort of uh, first uh, green lists for elections in 1983 that was also the time when the German Greens made the first breakthrough to, poly- to, 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 to the parliament so it was a bit of a a European European movement, I would say. We were not uh, centrally directing anything, but it just happened at around the same time that there was this spe- empty space for a party that took ecology seriously. Mm. And uh, uh, not only that, of course, we, we were fighting for feminism and the rights of disabled people. So it was quite a broad coalition, but it was this was really a, a founding work. And um, then I sort of... Uh, I wouldn't say I drifted along because I was one of the sort of uh, key personalities for quite some, some years and we became a real political party. I became uh, the party leader, you know, it's, um, and uh, uh, found myself then later elected to the parliament and it was like a great group work, it was a great uh, teamwork. So mm-hmm. very good people to, who had the sort of same kind of vision about uh, what we should do. And um, so then I, I found myself in the Finnish parliament and um, I was very much working on environmental issues, but not, not only. And um, then was, came the time when Finland joined the European Union and uh, I was totally against the Finnish membership in the EU because I I had this idea that the EU was a bit of a kind of a uh, conspiracy of some uh, capitalists, you know, that mm. uh, all the good values, good things that we were defending would be destroyed. <laughs> but then, uh, uh, exactly one of these, these friends that uh, invited me to establish the party 10 years earlier said to me that, look, you're silly because if, uh, if, um, if, <laughs> if the capitalists are all over the place and they go across uh, national borders, the politics must do the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was the moment when I was really hit by this idea that, yes, I've been a little narrow-minded. And one morning I woke up and I I discovered that I was in favor of uh, Finland joining the EU. Wow. And because I had been, but I I, I must say I felt a little guilty because there was a bit of a dogma. Right. The EU was bad, you know. It represented some really sort of bad circles. So
0: you already had...
3: Undemocratic and...
0: Yeah, so you already had the capacity to change your mind.
3: Yeah, that's that's true, and that's a little bit my virtue because I would say I I I consider it kind of an advantage that uh, I don't want to be dogmatic. Mm. I want to rethink. I want to, and I love to discuss things with people because I I'm not a very good decision maker because I need to discuss, right? And then I can have I can slowly develop an opinion. So I try to be open.
0: Yes or no? Was it, wasn't it a little bit rock and roll to be a woman in politics at that time?
3: Yeah, it was. Ooh, ooh, I've
4: been so blind ooh, ooh, The kids ain't alright
0: So, I would like to talk about um, this theme, uh, women in politics, and then mm-hmm. we'll we'll jump back to some uh, key moments of your of your career. But since we started on this, um, what's the state's uh, let's say at the at the European Parliament, for instance, um, how far are we are we from gender balance? Um, let's say in in theory and in practice.
3: Um, the European Parliament is not at all the worst in terms of number of, of women in politics. Um, I think um, it's about. 36% women which is uh, it, it will grow and, right. uh, and it, it can improve but it's already good but of course you see that the, the sort of really important places uh, still go for mainly for men.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, the president of the European Parliament has been a man since 2001
4: yeah.
3: which is a, a bit of a shame Mm-hmm. and not a bit of a shame but it's a, it's unreasonable so i hope this will change but even even last time when there was a change of the president uh, when Schulz became diani um, it's it's very well known that uh, they would have been a, a competent uh, women can, woman candidate in in diani's party Mary McGuinness, who now was elected with great numbers for to be vice first vice president yeah but uh, she was kind of uh, beaten by um, i would say a bit of a um, horse trading by some delegation led by men. So there was this feminist issue there. Mm. Um, I, and um, and then of course you still have uh, these meetings where, uh, where sort of uh, men are still sort of referring to each other, you know, like uh, as Mr. So-and-so said, as David said. Uh, so we women need to sort of um, Stick so do together, the do the same. Yeah. As so instead, yeah. <laughs> yes, instead of mansplaining, we have to <laughs> woman's plane. And uh, and uh, I, but there's a, there, there's quite a strong uh, feminist awareness uh, um, among the European Parliament. And um, but it's it's a bit party affiliated. So in the center and in the left, it goes without saying. In in the in, let's say in the center right and the the right, you have um, the traditionalists who believe in traditional values. When I hear these two words, I think, oh my God, I know what the next sentence will be, that the women have to know their place in society. And uh, usually with that package goes a very strong antipathy towards LGBTI rights. Uh, And uh, Europe has to be based on Christian values. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have nothing against religion, but I, I wouldn't mix it with politics. So because Europe is Christian, um, we we should be aware of uh, the risk of being Islamized, you know, right. Islamization. So um, so there is this package, and it is um, emblematic for extreme right wing parties. But you have these elements in among the conservative, sort of more sort of center right conservative parties as well. And the recent um, um, election of Manfred Weber for. The lead candidate of of the biggest European political party, the European People's Party, is a clear marking of uh, that kind of, um, let's say, uh, a bit of a sort of traditionalist uh, uh, culture. Yeah, yeah, and that's not that's not what I would like to see getting. Okay.
0: in Brussels, uh, in uh, Heidi's kitchen, talking about change and politics, European politics, and um, you can see the video version of this podcast on uh, on YouTube. We'll put the links in the notes. Uh, now I was about to ask you, Heidi, about um, if you can tell me the story of the most rock and roll moment of your career.
3: Um. Uh, in Finland, uh, the voters um, vote for candidates, which means that there's a direct link between voters and, and, and the candidate. So uh, I surprised everybody uh, in 1999 in the European elections, um, and I got the biggest number of personal votes in the country, of all parties. Oh wow! And especially it was very bad for the social democrats. And the social democratic prime minister, he took the liberty to, to really sort of uh, uh, blame me. Uh, in the in the sort of uh, live uh, show on on the main uh, broadcaster uh, on the election night, that I spoiled. Uh, she Heidi Hautala. She spoiled the election, and you know what she did? She got this cheap victory by by trying to uh, accuse everybody of uh, abuse of parliamentary allowances. So. Uh, First of that, first I thought that maybe I've done something wrong, but then I discovered that, in fact, I've done something quite right. And even the main newspaper in the country wished a refreshing holiday for the prime minister after this. So that was a bit of a rock rock and roll moment in my career.
0: And it seems you're quite proud about it.
3: Yeah, because I've I've been always fighting for transparency and openness. That's been my my brand, and it still is my brand. And I'm from time to time I don't hesitate to, to go to court, if uh, you know, to defend openness and, and access to information. I've had some. I'm, my biggest achievement is that I'm a, I'm a footnote in EU legal literature. Hautala against Council, Council against Hautala. I won both cases. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's not the kind of music you listen to going to the office in the morning, no? Uh,
3: I should. I probably should. (laughs) I really enjoy it.
0: (laughs) Really? Wow. Um, You know, um, I would like to um, say that yesterday I was talking with a friend and he told me if you can get uh, Franz Timmermans to um, the show and to get him to listen to some drums and bass music, I will get... I will make a statue of you Camille in my garden. He said this. Of you? So yeah, of me. So maybe (laughs) you can help me uh, and call call Franz Timmermans on the show. Can you do this looking at the camera Mm. here?
3: Yeah, I think uh, uh, if we discuss sustainable development goals, we can do it.
0: Okay, all because right. Because that's
3: his, uh, his duty and uh, we should demand more of him in that respect. Okay. Because okay. he also wants to become the boss in Europe, you know. I heard. So he has to perform. I heard. So, so. part of that could be this.
0: Okay. Fancy moments. um if you want to join us for one episode, we'll talk about sustainability and uh, what can be done in the coming five years. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he's in fact not at all so bad on rule of law. You know, we have this crisis in Poland and Hungary and yeah. you just name it. It's a growing number of countries that are flipping somehow, mm. and this is worrying.
0: Um, I want to talk, we, we've talked about some uh, good and powerful moments in your, in your career. Um, there's one theme that we always um, touch on when we talk about change and change makers or the people working for change in society. And that is loneliness, mm-hmm. because very often we find ourselves in very lonely situations. Or maybe we, you know, we have family and friends and colleagues and all this, but we're confronted to, to situations where um, not many people around us understand what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you how, if you recognize this, and 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 how you deal with this.
3: Um. Yeah, uh, I spend quite a lot of time uh, alone uh, in the weekends, um, but uh, uh, in this life situation it's, it's alright because um, first of all I have a great team that I, I, and I, I meet great people through my work, really great people. I'm learning every day something from them by discussing and listening. And so it's a good balance to be alone and dig into the garden, you know, I I love flowers, I could live with flowers, Mm. but um, it would still be a little bit lonely. Uh, But I also realized that loneliness is a very big uh, social theme that in our lifestyle in in Western Europe um, uh, and beyond um people people lack this kind of sort of community, and I think we have to build a com- bring the communities back, but it's uh, to some extent it is coming back. There's so many different initiatives and people organize things for the neighborhood and um, and many people are very sensitive to to loneliness in the sense that they they in, they want to invite lonely people to participate and this should this should be more in our, in our everyday lives. but yes, I do and uh, and I'. I, I think it's um, well. First of all, I what, what sort of really uh, made my life much less lonely is that um, I became grandmother. So I have a five uh, month, five year old uh, little boy Congratulations. my yeah yeah. It's yeah, it's it's really. They say that uh, uh, grandchildren are the dessert of life.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And
3: uh, I yeah, it's I mean it's it's so fantastic, and that uh, sort of gives me so much joy, and uh, I can share. Hmm. I don't know how long it goes on because young people then start to sort of drift away at one point. Oh, do they? It could happen. <laughs> it
0: could happen. Well, I'm sure you'll be here to, uh, to monitor. Um, but um, you you said you like gardening and I, I think yep. you studied uh, horticulture. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Yes. Um, so gardening is about, well, growing and maintaining uh, flowers and and you see my question coming, um, How? what connection do you see uh, between gardening and horticulture and um, your work uh, every day at the Parliament?
3: Yeah, this is very interesting because um, I'm, I feel that I'm really going sort of back to my roots in a way because, um, well, I'll just give you one information that um, some very serious researchers warn that we will not have any, any soil uh, top soil in, in 60 years time if we continue to, to, to destroy the planet as right. we do. So I'm very interested in soil, you know, life of soil. And so I go back to my roots because I was a part of a, a small group of, uh, of students at the university. We, we were studying agriculture, horticulture, and we were all uh, taken, and really sort of taken down by the fact that uh, nobody cared about ecology environment you know it's very technical very chemical and then we established our own uh, classes and we started to invite the best experts of organic farming we wrote a book um, in 1983 basics of uh, organic farming Um, and um, i just showed it to a colleague an old colleague uh, from those circles some time ago and asking that is this still current would this Still makes sense, and he, she looked at it and said, "Yes, it's completely current. You know, it's still very valid what mm-hmm. we wrote in '83 about um, soil and plants and animals yeah. and all that." So, so I feel I'm um, I'm actually quite a lot uh, back to my my original uh, uh, knowledge and uh, studies of, yeah. of agriculture.
0: But do you feel like when you engage with people, I'm I'm digging a little bit in the question? Do you feel like you need to always like water the seeds that you're planting? <laughs> like, can we talk about this about the the day-to-day, uh, continuous efforts and and consistency with m- making sure you see the flowers of the and the fruits of your of your work? Like, how many flowers do you succeed to uh, mm. get to blossom? Yeah, and, that's uh,
3: a very good point because um, I'm I'm a kind of a generalist in politics, which means that I. I can uh, become obsessed and interested in very many different topics uh, at the same time. And this is a bit of a strain to my great team, because they have to sort of also become very versatile and very knowledgeable. But um, it means that uh, some of those uh, flowers do blossom, some of them don't. Mm. Uh, At the moment, I'm really very much into sort of... uh, um making companies accountable for what they do especially in the global south human rights environment etc yeah <laughs> Showing
4: in
0: talk about Russia yeah, a little sure.
3: bit of course
0: <laughs> your favorite your favorite topic no
3: yeah I am on a blacklist I cannot go to Russia so I was going fair. to
0: ask you if this is true
3: yeah, yeah it's true
0: you cannot go to Russia yeah okay
3: yeah it's a pity because um, I don't live so far from Russia
0: <laughs> okay um, so what happened
3: mm, I've been very vocal on uh, human rights in Russia. I became acquainted with um, a person who became very famous later, and especially after her death, after her assassination, Anna Politkovskaya. She, I, I knew her quite well. Mm. Uh, she used to come to Finland, and we, are, we were a group of um, of uh, people who wanted to um, help uh, Russian human rights activists. Mm. And we kept inviting them to Finland, and we went to Russia. And um, so, um, and then, uh, uh, in 2009, I got this privilege to, to become the chair of the Human Rights Subcommittee in the European Parliament. Mm. And uh, I did quite a lot on Russia. So um, I earned my reputation and um, then uh, then a few years later, I think it must have been 2015, uh, there was a sort of a revelation that there was a list of 89 European influencers, Mm. including, I think, 17 MEPs at that time, uh, who were blacklisted. Mm. And um, I was the only Finn, and I was uh, one of the two Greens next to to Rebecca Harms, my my German colleague, who was our party group leader at that time. So, uh, yes, um, and then, um, now, this means that the European Parliament's delegation to Russia actually uh, is out of business because um, some of us members, we are not allowed to travel to Russia. And of course, the parliament does not uh, uh, like a situation where the, the Russian counterparts would choose with whom they would want to, to work. So we are out of business at the moment which is a pity because I think it would be helpful in these times if at least the parliamentarians spoke with each other because yeah. we are I think it's uh, this this d- this division on our continent is really I mean I mean we we couldn't we shouldn't afford it because there are so many global challenges that we would need to solve together but unfortunately Russia is not respecting international rules by occupying Crimea illegally and uh, you just cannot. Uh, of course, you have to react against it. So these sanctions that are now in place, I think, are fully justified.
4: Mm.
0: But,
3: uh, but the parliamentarians don't talk.
0: Mm. And do you expect the situation to change over time, or what? Um, uh, how do you see the future on uh, this thing?
3: It's interesting because uh, there's, of course, there is a growing sort of, um, uh, let's say, modern middle class in Russia who feel very European. And um, maybe start to understand that uh, Putin is not uh, best for the country forever, that it's also sort of preventing Russia from becoming a modern European country. Mm. A lot of efforts have been wasted already, like uh, um, all this sort of um, boost of the military uh, instead of uh, investing in education, health and, uh, you know, all that. Mm. So, um, and now Putin at the moment is not... uh, is not very popular because he went along with this uh, uh, rise of uh, pension age, which is hugely unpopular in Russia because people don't, especially men, don't reach that average age. You know, mm. they die, so mm. they don't enjoy pension. So pen, uh, <laughs> higher pension age means death to them, mm. a kind of denial of any, any rights well, of having an old age. Yeah. So that's the situation. But I, I'm, I'm going to continue my Russian studies. I like the country. I like the people. I like love Saint Petersburg, and uh, I love the language. And I want to learn it. It's difficult, but it's um, it's something that is one of my ambitions.
0: Maybe we we rent a car and we pack a couple of friends and uh, we try to sneak I in and go for a weekend. What nice, do you
3: think? Nice, nice. Um, There's there's actually, there uh, there might be a way to do that because they have visa-free cruises from uh, Lappeenranta in the south-east corner of Finland close to my house, and uh, you can go to Vyborg, the old, uh, Russians call it old Russian town, we call it old Finnish town which is now, uh, which Finland lost to to the Soviet Union in 1944.
0: Vladimir, we're coming anyway because (laughs) we love your country. We (laughs) come
3: without visas. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Young money and straight. Anyway, I'm back with my baby Got give me piggyback, drip, drip, what I get a cat? put it in his lap, sip. slip, wanna tip, tip, flip, wanna slip, I th- think he's trying to hit young Nick like a quick pick. Na 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 kissing strangers, na 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 na, till I find someone I love, na 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 na, kissing strangers, na 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 till I find someone I
0: trust. Okay, so. Now, I would like to know, if we have a listener who is um, interested in uh, the kind of career that you have been pursuing, what would you say um, are the key uh, skills that you need to have in Mm. your work as a politician, maybe at the national level, at the European level, in a a parliament situation?
3: Um, I would say you uh, you need to have passion. For for solving some uh, meeting and solving some challenges, Mm. finding solutions, Uh, and you need to be uh, able to understand what people think that you're talking to, and uh, so I would say uh, this um, this jargon about social intelligence is very important. That you you sort of uh, you feel a little bit what people uh, uh, think.
0: How how do you develop this?
3: By being a part of a of a community, um, trying to see uh, what people need, uh, so because if you think of what people need, then usually, um, you know, they feed with you with what you need. So there's this kind of permanent interaction and consideration of each other's mm. uh, wishes and needs. In politics, this sounds maybe a little abstract because, because um, the politician talking to maybe a, a quite a, sometimes a larger number of people. But um, it's the passion, that passion, that and understanding that you're doing this uh, not for yourself. Um, and um, so
0: there is an, an expanded consciousness that you, level that yeah, you need. That you yes, need to I have think like, so.
3: I think so. I think the best politicians have some sort of, uh, a bit sort of an extrasensory perception, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the least you can say.
3: Yeah, yeah. For the best and for yeah. the worst. And, yeah. and then, but of course, of course, other kind of uh, personalities uh, can become very high, can get reach very high, but then you need to be a little cruel, you know, you need to sort of uh, uh, use power. But power has never been my story. It's, uh, it's never been something that I wanted power. I, I may have uh, wanted influence, I had To have an influence, but, um,
0: but power—it's interaction.
3: Is... It's. But mm. I mean, I'm not interested in powerful positions. I ended up in some relatively powerful positions, not because I wanted power, but because I felt that uh, one could pursue pursue some important uh, uh, goals.
0: Do, do you think power is more of a of a man uh, 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 yes. motivation? On
3: average, on average, yes, okay. yes, sure.
0: Do you know any uh, good uh, politician jokes?
3: <laughs> uh, well, you, you certainly heard what they say about how many um, how many um, politicians it takes to, to cause uh, to start Brexit. One. Um, oh no! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. And then, well, you need some to, 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 to start Brexit, to, to, to change lamps for Brexit. And then you need quite a number to, and they all screw it up. Oh <laughs> no, no, this is not a good one. But <laughs> I, well, on Brexit, I have a couple of maybe, but this was a failure. This was a miserable failure. <laughs> so I've never been a good uh, joker. Junk- uh, it's
0: okay, the important is to try it. <laughs> okay,
3: forget it,
1: forget it. <laughs> hand me down my high roller Stetson. Hand me down my smokeless 41. We're gonna look so sharp when we walk in. They're gonna be just the for the major comeback for the mother Lord, the mighty score we'll be the toast of every knocked out booty share and now we're back on the dance floor.
0: Between the different generations of, of uh, members of, of the parliaments, like what's a good thing about the younger ones?
3: Um, they're very um, reform-oriented, um, and um, they come with a sort of a natural understanding that um, that uh, it's it's these generations that have to find addresses to the planetary crisis. Mm. Uh, so I think this is. And then, of course, the the attitude towards technology that they, they're very sort of most of them are really sort of living in uh, in in social uh, uh, media so, and sort of uh, this type of uh, and I'm sure they will be the first really to to profit from artificial intelligence and uh, so the. Yeah, I have some colleagues who are really very sort of capable of, of using all the possibilities in, in, in internet and social media. And they are also defending the the, the rights of, uh, of people to, to continue to use internet. The copyright issue is very important, but it shouldn't stop uh, use of internet.
0: Yeah. Um, do you think that when um, when we have the possibility to, to get up upgraded by... Uh, an, uh, a robot brain or in artificial intelligence because it's coming. Do you think that politicians are going to make better decisions? Do you think we're we're going to have a, a more productive uh, European institution landscape?
3: Well, there there are some people who and and, and not only just a few, but uh, but there is this potential that um, that the new. Uh, uh, potential uh, of artificial intelligence could be, for instance, used to 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 have a very precise understanding um, some realities um, in the world, so so to be able to to base decisions on a better understanding than on what's going on. So I think this will happen, but of course it's um, it's. Go- I think it's still going to take some time until we have the super artificial intelligence which is going to sort of uh, tell us our place and uh, but this is a time when we need to we need to to stop these artificial these automatic weapon systems which Mm. really could become very dangerous and um, i'm not sure there is this appetite for 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 doing it now but if we don't do it now i'm afraid it will be late
0: Mm. and um In your mind, like I know it's a difficult question, but what are like the most urgent issues? Mm -hmm. Like, let's say your top three that you think about at night or when you wake up. Like when you listen to your rock and roll uh, song on the way to the office, uh, with all your power, where where is it going? Like, what's what's? Um,
3: It's very much that um, we have to change our lifestyles radically, and I don't think it needs to be for the worse but we need to to use resources very sparingly and that's why I'm I'm not anymore so interested in buying a new shirt i look at my old shirt okay it's a little gray or there's maybe even a button missing but i can fix that i'm not anymore so so sort of obsessed by buying new things mm-hmm. and if i buy something i buy old things for instance yeah. for my house uh, i bought a lot of uh, secondhand stuff so that yeah. so this is we, we really need to to stop this wasteful um, uh, lifestyle uh, And I, I see that a lot of people are really really in for that and they wait for politicians to to sort of Put the free riders on the right track, you mm-hmm. know the school kids I ask uh, Kids uh, from seven to ten uh, Which of you how many of you are doing some small things for the environment every day and every hand is up, right? And um when they come to their teens, some of them are really let's say they're almost desperate. they say that we're go- we're going against the wall. who can stop this hmm. so I think it's our duty to to it's it's this generation or no generation has to, that has the time has the possibility to to change our lifestyles and then of course there's the poverty in the world there's the growing inequalities so these are the things that I really and and of course suffering children when you know when you you have you have children and you have grandchildren then you just can't take the suffering of children you mm. have to because. Uh, if you, you know, then you sort of, you feel that all the children are your children in some way, mm-hmm. and you have to do something. And there's so think about these 75,000 Yemeni children that have been uh, killed in this war. Right. And uh, some of the EU countries still sell wepo- weapons to Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Some mm. have stopped.
0: Mm. I, um, we're, we have one more song and one more question, but I want to also touch on a positive note. I was thinking mm-hmm. we could use your, your experience in politics and your uh, several years of action to uh, tell us a positive story of something that you thought at the time was completely impossible and that became possible. Maybe you have yeah. a couple of stories where you look back and mm-hmm. you're like, How did this happen? We made
3: it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Shall I do it now? Yes, please. Uh, Well, one of the things, of course, is that uh, I was one of these uh, rather sort of rare um, um, vegetarians in the 70s, and it was really, was exotic. And um, also yoga was something, was very exotic at that time, very small circles got interested. But now many of the things that I I was into at that time are now mainstream. Uh, mm. And so I'm just sort of looking and listening and it's wonderful to see that so many people are so inspired by all these things. So I don't need to do that anymore, you yeah. know. I don't need to promote it, it's, it's coming. Um, but um, but I'm still, I still think that we need this sort mm. of um, um, general change of consciousness and uh, politicians have a big responsibility um what,
0: what what are your friends uh that know you or people who've been knowing you for a long time what do they say about about you and 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 this when when they realize that oh my god she was doing this <laughs> so long ago and now it's mainstream
3: yeah well uh, i think it's great and uh of course, yeah, but... Uh, but you does he listen of the, to you
0: on the future trends now?
3: Well, you know, you, you can't... Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, I've been the kind of a person that was always sort of busy uh, founding something new, you know, magazines. I, I've also went bankrupt two times because I tried business and, uh, you know, ideally, very idealistic business, uh, recycled paper or or things like this. Uh, so I've, 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 I have started so many different things, but I, I think I should stop starting new things because it can become another disaster. So maybe just cultivate uh, what, I, what I sort of have in front of me now and, and see that some of, the, some of the flowers would start to blossom, but, and then take care of them, take care of the flowers that are there. So I'm telling myself that it's maybe a good idea to, to do that.
0: It's exactly like gardening. Yes. favorite moments well it's not my favorite moment because we're wrapping up and you know those discussions they could go all night it's uh, so interesting to um, to learn about your your profile and, and uh, your career and um, this uh, wine that you offered me from Georgia I yeah. think was very interesting it's uh, mm-hmm. kind of sweet, and mm-hmm. uh, there must be a story uh, behind you getting this uh, this bottle I think yeah. you got it offered
3: yeah that's uh, right <laughs>
0: um, so now before before wrapping up um, I wanted to ask you the the million dollar question for change makers and, and people who are uh, taking on humongous challenges all across their life and career um, if you can think of um, a moment in your childhood that was significant um, for some reason for whatever reason and maybe connected to your uh, to your career or to your um, to your life until today.
3: Um, I understand that I was um, hardly able to walk, so I must have been uh, tw- two years, around two years, and my father was at that time uh, re- uh, he's, he was retired from his uh, military career and he was in a civil. Uh, career in the bank uh, in all in the north of Finland and he loved to go to to For a morning walk with me when I was uh, around that I, I of course don't remember May I may have a photo but but I had a father who was very loving and supportive I'm not saying my mother was not that I learned many things especially practical skills from my mother and I'm very happy about that but my father was very let's say encouraging me to be what I am and uh, I was I always felt that I uh, he he yeah so he basically he, he encouraged me to become what I am uh he died when i was twenty one uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, of course uh, one regrets that there were so many discussions uh that were not held because mm-hmm. of that but yeah. i think um, um and girls need to still to be encouraged to to you know to to decide what they want to do in life and uh, and of course, young boys as well. We are, we are in a society where where also boys may have difficulties to grow up. Mm. So, but, so, but a, so, a loving father, yeah, a, a good family, a sort of a it was um, it was a good family. Yes,
0: you you always felt supported and that yeah. things were possible until you were. In that framing through
3: your career yeah that, because I was uh, from the very early age I was so entrepreneurial also. Yeah. <laughs> so I got always a good note <laughs> yeah
0: great so um, what's next for you in the coming uh, coming couple of months like a bit of a change no, or uh,
3: t- uh, in what way
0: well you tell me Like, what's That's what's what's happening mm. in your life in the coming uh, two three months
3: um, uh i'm um, I'm looking forward to this uh, some quiet weeks at home around Christmas and new year and after new year um I'll travel to Vietnam and Cambodia to find out about illegal logging and uh, illegal timber flows hmm. because i'm uh, I'm working in the European Parliament on forest global forest policy and uh, the eu has a great instrument it's a it's a voluntary partnership agreement with with countries like Vietnam to, to, to do away with the corruption and uh, crime and illegal logging, which is very important for the planet as well. So, yeah. so that's, I'm very inspired by this.
0: <laughs> well, um, Heidi, I can't thank you enough for uh, having me uh, tonight. And um, we hope to have you back on the show sometime. Uh, maybe <laughs> there you. will be interesting topics to, to discuss. Um, we'll uh, be back soon with more knowledge, inspiration, uh, entertainment for changemakers. Uh, keep up the good work in the meantime.
3: And thank you. You
4: can't fight the temptation when you get the vibration, won't <laughs> feeling come take it won't do you no good won't do you no good and you know i got fever so won't you hit me right